A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, welcome back to Questions Worth Asking. This is Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Priya. And I'm John. And today we're very excited to have David Gertine with us. David and I have been friends for a while, and we've practiced knowledge management together and knowledge cafes. And today we'd like to talk about this, this emerging field, we might call it, called conversational leadership. So David, thanks for joining us. And uh, if I dive right in with a question, what is it? What, what is this emerging field called conversational leadership? Okay. Um, well, uh, hi, John. Hi, Priya. This hello. Is, uh, hello. This is fun, <laughs> I think. Right. So what is, uh, what is conversational leadership? Um, I think it's one of those topics that's kind of very difficult to actually sum up in two words. You know, clearly it's about conversation. Clearly it's about, uh, about leadership, and we can, we can talk more about that. But for me, if I'm looking for a kind of clear, crisp definition – I simply say it's about, I guess I'd say it's about recognizing the power of conversation and taking a more conversational approach to life. And that's whether it's um, you know, our business life or our social life, it's, it's, it's the totality of it. Just understanding that conversation is probably one of the most powerful human tools that we have. We take it for granted and by and large, we, we kind of squander it. So that's... Uh, that's my high-level definition, if you will. And David, how did you get into this conversational leadership space? Okay, let's go way back. Um, maybe not too far. <laughs> um, my my background's in uh, in technology, and uh, I started to get interested back in about 1993 in uh, collaborative applications like Lotus Notes, and uh, and at one time I was developing Lotus Notes applications. And all the problems and all the issues were nothing to do with the technology. They were all to do with people. So I started to become just a lot more interested in in people. I, th- I guess I always was to some degree. Um, but not just people, but how we how we interact. You know, we, we seem to get ourselves into all sorts of uh, terrible messes. And uh, so I was always reflecting as to why that was, you know, what was the root cause of a lot of our um a lot of the problems that us human beings face and so I just started to take a lot more interest in the in the conversational side of things in that uh, in that interaction and back in let's see when back in 2002 I started to run these things I call knowledge cafes and these were just a simple way of bringing people together to have a conversation around a topic of mutual interest and they came out of um my exasperation you know, with uh, the standard death by PowerPoint presentations where people were talked at rather than talked with. And uh, more by accident than anything, I ended up running those uh, knowledge cafes. I was looking earlier today, I think over 30 countries around the world. And I learned a lot about people, a lot about culture, a lot about conversation. And increasingly I realized that you know, it was it was more than just a cafe. It was a conversation was far more powerful than just learning from each other. That it had many, many different uh, um, attributes, and uh, it 
it was all born out of that. I guess I first started talking about conversational leadership as a as a topic, as a subject, probably about five years ago now. So I'm thinking, David, you and I have had many great conversations. We have indeed. Um, uh, what, you talk about being in, in many different countries and having learned and practiced conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about storytelling. Is there any example of a a great conversation you've had or something you've picked up on that makes for a great conversation? The one thing that immediately comes to mind is uh, running the knowledge cafes in Southeast Asia, where what I found basically is if I put people into small groups, you know, in the knowledge cafe, people have conversations in small groups, usually, usually three or four. If I've got a group of people having a conversation in a small group, pretty much they will always engage. The conversation will, you know, will be dynamic. That there'll be there'll be a real to and fro, to and fro conversation going on. But as soon as I bring everybody together in the in the large group, in the whole group, where maybe there's twenty or thirty people there the vast majority of the people in the room will shut down. They won't say a word. And again, this goes very deep in the culture. Um, you know, there, there's this fear of losing face. There's the fear of causing um, myself, you know, as the facilitator, to lose face in some way by saying something that disrespected me. And so the, the one thing I, I learned from all of this is that... A big part of having good conversations is to take away the barriers, to take away some of the fear of of speaking up. And I've learned to some degree how to do that in the Knowledge Cafe. But of course, it's there, it's present in all, all our conversations that we have every day at different levels. Um, just this, uh, just the barriers to to really speaking your mind. You know, the whole problem in organizations of, of speaking truth to power, as they say, um, you know, especially when it can, uh, you know, it can get you fired. It can literally get you fired. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's those, sorts, those sorts of things that I've learned and just become a lot more aware of over the last, uh, over the last 10 years or so. David, um, how is conversational leadership different from other types of kind of leadership interventions how is it different from so when you're talking about the quality of the conversation I immediately think about things like leadership development I think about coaching why is conversational leadership something different one of the things I say about it is that is that it's not it's not it's not some OD activity it's not something that's uh, about you know being trained it's not something in many ways, sort of terribly formal. Um, it's it's something each and every one of us is capable of holding an interesting conversation. Each and every one of us is capable of, I guess, uh, holding more purposeful conversations, um, more strategic conversations, where we're thinking about you know about the future. And so, to me, conversational leadership is for everybody who cares to just think more purposefully about conversation. And, you know, it's not a one-off tool, 
not that coaching is a tool, but it's you know, every single day throughout the whole of the day, by and large, unless we're a hermit, we're having conversations. So a big part of it is being aware that we're having those conversations and making those conversations. So I, I hesitate to say more productive, but um, at the very least, make them more interesting. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense. And it actually, I'm going to come right into the moment right now as we're talking. Um, I've noticed this in some of our other interview type podcast episodes where it, it strikes me a little bit as an interview where we're asking you some relatively tough questions and looking for your expert thought. And yet Priya and I talk about, we want this to be very conversational. Mm. So mm. I'm bringing bring it into this moment right now and say, is this striking you as kind of an interview? And how could we make this talk right now more conversational, more back and forth, I think? That's, that's a tremendous point, John. I really do love that. Um, because this is what we do do in, in these sort of events. It's, you know, it's, it's the same with PowerPoint presentations. It's the way yeah. things have been done for years and years and years. So we just, we just fall back on that. And it's the same with these sorts of sessions. They tend to be interviews. So you've got one person, in this case, two people asking one other person questions. And I don't get to ask the questions. Yeah. So in that sense, it is, it is one way. Um, not totally, but but effectively it's one way because I'm not getting to ask the questions. So you know, you, you, be interesting for you to think about this, and I'll I'll think about it, and we, we we can talk about it. Is how do you turn this from an interview into a conversation? Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm sitting here in interviewee mode. I'm thinking of myself as being interviewed. So I would just not even think of about asking you a question. But I should. It always seems to me in the knowledge management world that's something that's always been missing. We've always we've always felt that um, if we can give people all the information that they need and allow them to learn from each other, then they will make good decisions and do good things. And they won't necessarily do that unless they can make sense of all that stuff. And given the complexity of the world, one person cannot do that. You just need this diversity of opinions, diversity of perspectives uh, to to make sense of things. And the only way you can really do that is through conversation. So that's that's one big part of it. How about this? You've mentioned this word, uh, community ship. Uh, I oh, think yes. almost in direct comparison to leadership. Yeah. What's uh, what's your latest thinking on Let's community ship? Let's talk about that. Well, first of all, community ship um, is uh, n- not a word of my own. It's a word... Uh, that uh, Henry Minsberg, the Canadian um, management consultant, I think he's retired now, um, uses a great deal. And this is more sort of looking at what you might call distributed leadership. Um, I think he talks about the fact that we need uh, we need less heroic leaders. I think he says we still need them, but we just need less of them. And we need um, organizational environments where everybody, to some degree, leads and I think this is a big part of what conversational leadership is about. I mean, just, um, you know, in an, in an organization, you you very much need, just given the complexity of, of the world again, given complexity of what's going on in organizations, you need everybody where they can to step forward and lead. That's not so easy 
that's, that's not so easy to do. I mean, what you're talking about is because I, I, I never like this idea of uh, managers or whatever empowering people. It always seems that that seems terribly manipulative. But what we're looking for is for people, if you like, to take responsibility for whatever it is they see going on in their organization, in their lives, and figure out how they can influence it. And we've all got influence. So for me, a leader is anybody who's got influence. And I think what we're talking about in conversational leadership is really very much what it's saying is actually accepting responsibility for, for, for lots of things in our lives and influencing the world, you know, you know um, becoming a leader, but using conversation interaction to um, exert that influence, if you will. We, we tend to fight. Um, it's, it, it goes quite deep in the psyche. And what we're looking for here is to have sort of more more meaningful conversations, conversations that help us better understand each other. I mean, we don't have to agree, but at the very least, we should you know, take the time to understand each other because I think a lot of the time, uh, when we are disagreeing, when we are fighting, it's through misunderstanding. We just don't understand um, that maybe somebody has had a very different life experience. You know, they, they, They've got a very different worldview and the, the chances are that my view or their view is not necessarily the, the right one. Um, and it's something we need to talk about. So dude, how do people be good in this space? So if I was a good conversational leader, what would what would be some of the things that, that I would be doing? Uh, that's an interesting question. When I think about it, all of us are at some level of skill in holding a conversation is some some better than others and um, but we've all got that skill and for me it's sort of like a life a lifelong journey is first of all just becoming very aware very conscious of our conversations um, at the time when we're having them, although that's not always terribly easy to do once you're, once you're caught up in the conversation, but maybe certainly after the conversation, stopping in, a, in our heads, doing a little after-action review and saying, okay, I've just had a, a conversation. You know, what was meant to happen? Was anything meant to happen? It, um, what went well? What didn't go so well? What have I learned from that conversation? So it's just this... Um, this consciousness and this awareness of what happens in a conversation, and then thinking afterwards again, in particular, you know, well, you know, invariably in conversations, things they, they usually don't go don't go the way you expect them to, especially dif difficult conversations. So it's again, again reflecting and saying, well, how how could I have done that differently? Um, what uh, what behaviours do I need to modify? You know. Could I have set this up in a different way? So, if it was a more formal, slightly, slightly more formal conversation, how could uh, how could we have uh, how could we have better structured that conversation? I've I've learned a little myself about that. I I hope I've conveyed to both you and you know the podcast listeners later. If nothing else, just an interest in conversational leadership. This is this sounds like an interesting topic. I would like to go out and learn more um, because clearly you're not going to learn everything about a topic in, in 20 minutes. 
I guess it'd be um, probably a good point to close. Um, what we like to do with every episode, David, is to kind of pull out what the question worth asking is. So if we were going to give our listeners what's the real question that's worth asking for people that are interested in conversational leadership, what, what would be a question that would come to you? I think right now, each and every one of us could be asking a question of ourselves. And that question would be something like, what am I trying to do in life? You know, it could be in my, in my job. It could be in my personal life. You know, what am I passionate about? What am I really trying to do? And then the question is, what conversations should I be having? And who should I be having those conversations with to move things forward? That's a rather long question, but that's the, that's the question I would be asking. <laughs> Thank you. And John, for you, because I know you also work in this space, would it be the same for you? Very, very close, if not the same. Uh, how can we live? David and I, I think, have blended these words together of how can I live life in a more conversational way? Yes. Um, what impact is conversation having on me and others? Uh, you know, I, I, I think my own uh, looking in my own mirror is I frankly don't feel that skilled at conversation and always looking to get to a whole nother level of conversational skill. So how do I do that and where can I get help? And a lot of it is probably just practice. So how can I practice my own conversational skills? I would totally agree with that, John. Yeah, It's fun. Yeah. So it's let's fun. have even more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I guess it's, a, uh, I hate to do this now because I feel like we've got another conversation to have, Absolutely. but um, <laughs> I, I guess it's a uh, goodbye. So we'll, we'll each say goodbye. So I'm saying goodbye from Biggles Wade in the UK. And I'm saying goodbye from just outside Washington, D.C. And David? I'm saying goodbye from Fleet in the, the Hampshire countryside. David, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very Bye. much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.